It is Tuesday the 9th of August. Welcome to Afternoon Sport. Tim Gilbert here. I'm joined by my co-host Shane Lee. Shane, oh, I uh, went to the movies the other day and saw a movie called Bullet Train with the great Brad Pitt. Now, if you look, I quite liked it. But you, you know one of those movies that you've just got to absolutely suspend reality. It's all about a story um, uh, on a bullet train in Japan. And what happens next, the individuals that are in it, what happens to the train... You've got to go and see it. They'll have to. Um, You've got to go and see it. I'll tell you what I won't be doing is getting on a train going anywhere in Sydney because it takes forever. There's no bullet trains <laughs> There's no bullet trains in this city, mate. Yeah, well, they have the odd strike as well. And Brad Pitt, if I can look <laughs> like him when I'm 60, boy, oh boy, I know there's a few star jumps yeah. between now and then. He's, uh, he's in good nick, the big fella. As is Nick Kyrgios. What about Nick? He's had a big win in the US. The Kookaburras absolutely smashed their way to a gold medal. And more drama around the Ricky Stewart. Some opinions. Boy, oh boy, some of the views on this are just so different. If you're ready for your next thoroughbred racing adventure, then join the Osher Group. They exceed expectations on what racehorse ownership should look like. Australia's racing industry is enjoying unprecedented growth. Through a strategic, well-managed and data-driven approach, there is now a very real opportunity to build a profitable and sustainable thoroughbred portfolio. Find the Osher Group online at theoshergroup.com. Very emotional, Nick Kyrgios, Shane. He, he, he dropped to his knees and, and had a moment to pause after getting back in the winner's list in the US and augurs well, hopefully, for the US Open for Nick Kyrgios. But uh, after the match, he, he ref- said, uh, just reflecting on some of the dark places that he's been to in his career. Yeah, look, he's definitely in the, in the form of his career and you, and you cannot think of any other time in his professional career where he's going into a major in such good in such a good headspace and such good form. So, you know, fingers crossed. He's currently still ranked 63 in the world, and that's partly due to the fact that Wimbledon didn't have the rankings attached to it due to the Russians being banned. Um, with winning this um, singles title, and it's his first since 2019, and following that up with doubles win um, in straight sets as well, you'd have to think he's pushing his way into the top 20, if not top 10 in the world in the near future if this form continues. Yeah, he's definitely good enough, isn't he? He's definitely good enough to be in that top 10. Uh, Look, the way that he took it to Novak Djokovic, and Djokovic was just extraordinary in that Wimbledon final. Mm. But Nick Kyrgios, uh, yeah, may it continue for a long, long time. Now, the Commonwealth Games, there's been some uh, really nice parts of the Commonwealth Games. The the Kookaburras have just dominated uh, over the Indians. This is just a huge win. Yeah, Australia dominating India in general. Well, we won women's cricket as well, but uh, the Kookaburras came out and thrashed the Indians 7-zip, um, a huge win. That was our seventh gold medal in a row um, just in the last day of the Commonwealth Games, so a, a huge performance for the Aussies all around, um, track, field, and obviously in the pool. Yeah, and look, when I say there's been some nice spots, I, I have really enjoyed, particularly the back end of it. The swimming was good, but mm. I really like to see competition. I want to see us... Uh, you know, come up against the best. And look, when you get to the track and, and look, India and a, and a number of the other Commonwealth nations are very strong at hockey as well. So that win by the Kookaburras is uh, is outstanding. But uh, all eyes now from a Commonwealth Games perspective go to uh, Victoria for 2026. Mm. And there's a chance that Esports will be there, Shane. Now, we've, we've spoken to a few esports experts on this program over the course of time. Uh, 
that would be different. Yeah, for those that don't know, esports is pretty much gaming. It's online. It's the use of computers to, um, I suppose, instruct competition. Uh, so this is the changing of the guard here. It's um, it's going to happen. They had the inaugural uh, pilot event in Birmingham. It went well. It looks like yeah, Victoria will hold the first esports as part of the overall Commonwealth Games. So someone can win a gold medal by being a gamer. You remember the parents saying, get off, get off those bloody computer screens? Well, the kids can now say, well, I can win a gold medal here. Leave me alone, mum and dad. make it tough for parents, isn't it? Just make it very yeah. tough if that's their defence. And uh, Greg Norman and the uh, the Live Tour, they've declared war on the PGA. Now, we saw the PGA come out and make that announcement about all the increased money for 2023. This just continues to go off. It does, and... He's now entered in with Phil Mickelson, uh, Norman, and 11 other golfers, an antitrust lawsuit against the PGA. And this challenges, I suppose, the indefinite suspension imposed by the PGA on these players. Um, They've got the funding to do it. They've got the lawyers ready to go. It's game on here. How ugly. How ugly for for a game which is a fantastic game. Yeah, it's getting really ugly. And, you know, this is not going to go away. So the PGA have to have some real thinking now in and around. It's not not just about throwing more money at players and try and get them not to play in the LOV. They're um, they're lawyered up and they've got the cash to do it. So they have to come to an agreement sooner rather than later. Or it's going to just decimate the game of golf and it costs a lot of money in in the the Absolutely. Stay with us. We've got all the NRL, AFL and plenty more. Now, Collingwood, brilliant win on the weekend or Friday night, 11 straight for them. And people are talking about the flag and talking about what can happen in <laughs> in September and October for the mighty Magpies. But they won't like this news. All Australian Ruckman Brody Grundy season over. Big loss. Uh, all good AFL teams start with a good Ruckman and they have an excellent guy here, Brody Grundy. But he has a stress fracture in his ankle, so he's out for the rest of the season. That puts the pressure now on Day, um, Darcy Cameron as the number one ruckman. Look, they've got Mason Cox, who's the big, tall American that's sort of had a number of eye injuries, and he's now wearing sort of goggles. He's actually having a half-decent season, so he'll give him support in and around that ruck. But, yeah, a big loss for Collingwood. Uh, Grundy was a, is a superstar. He's signed for another five years. Yeah, that he's going to be a big miss towards the back end of the season. And, of course, Port Adelaide president David Kosh, who's a... a Breakfast TV host. He's turned up the heat on the coaching staff. He sure has, mate. He's basically said, uh, turn it around, guys, or watch out. Uh, it's pretty clear instructions. Look, Port have lost it, their fourth game in a row to Richmond. Um, so Ken Hinckley, the coach, he is riding the gun here, and uh, including his co- coaching staff. It always goes. Once the coach goes, the... Uh, the new coach coming in will bring in his new support staff, so they're all in the gun. They've got to turn it around quick. You'd be on your toes if you're a researcher on Sunrise, wouldn't you? <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't muck around, Cosby. <laughs> now, uh, look, this whole Ricky Stewart affair, there's some speculation as to what the punishment is going to be. They're saying like a week suspension and a $20,000 fine. And I think most people are in agreement that what happened with Ricky Stewart in that media conference post that game against Penrith was wrong, uh, regardless of what happened 12 years ago. And look, there's some people that know what happened. And, and one of those people is Paul Kent, of course, uh, journalist and broadcaster. And he, in his view, and he's very close to Ricky, says Ricky's done nothing wrong because he's protecting his family. And look, I just disagree on this. Uh, look, you and I, you couldn't find two people that love and protect our family more. But 
to do it in a media conference in the manner in which it was done, and I, as I've said before, I like Ricky. I get on very well with Ricky, but it was the wrong thing to do. Nothing that happened 12 years ago justifies what was said and done publicly on Saturday night. It just doesn't. I 100% agree, Tim. Absolute bullshit, right? This is this is 12 years ago. He's not protecting his family. His family wasn't playing the game. It would be different if that was his son that copped a knee or an elbow to the head. You could then feel emotion from the coach. I have no problem with that. But this is 12 years ago. Nothing to do with his family. And this kid is, is, is going to be tarnished with this weak gutted dog tag everywhere he plays the rest of his life. Uh, look, Ricky Stewart will not coach against the Dragons, I, I think, this weekend. He will get a $20,000 fine. It better not be suspended. He should be paying that. And I think that um, uh, Salmon's family will, will go after him legally as well for defamation. And, and in my view, and we've all got our yep. own different moral codes, but if you are going to stand up for your family, you do it in person. You do it yeah. with the individuals. You, you thrash it out. You do it, it 12 just, years ago. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> people watching the media comments thinking, oh, you just got beaten. Would you have said this if you won? This, yeah. All those variables as well. Yeah, absolutely, mate. And um, once again, Ricky Stewart's emotions just get the best of him, and particularly in press conferences. And it's just really hard on the team now. The team's now got, is distracted by the coach being in the headlines once again. Yeah, look, um, you can't justify doing that and saying that publicly and I just don't know how you could ever uh, look uh, let's move on to this uh, incident at Leichhardt Oval because we reported it yesterday about that collapse of the grandstand where there was probably you know 18 to 20 young people 18 to 20 year olds at that Riverview Joey's game and we saw them fall but uh, there actually were a few broken bones and um, you know some and look and look bad watching it yeah, it was an old stand, wasn't it? So, yeah, broken nose and a number of concussions. A good mate of mine, Mike Bailey, was out there, um, an old Riverview boy, having his reunion. Mm. And his son, Benny, who's only eight, was sitting with his good mate right underneath that stand. Mm. And they just got up to go and get a hot dog or something 10 minutes before a collapse. So, you know, there's a number of these stories running around, like two little boys sitting there. They could have been seriously had their necks broken. So, yeah, they need to get that right. That's not not good at all for a, for a stand, particularly in, in the world that we live in Australia here. For, for a stand to be collapsing. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Now, Rugby Union, and I think Australian fans, Wallaby fans, uh, have got a, a reason to dream this season. We uh, we took it to England, probably should have beaten them really in the end, but it didn't get the chocolates. We've beaten Argentina. Uh, a setback, though, on the weekend with Quade Cooper and that serious Achilles injury. And look, he's, he's in his mid-30s, but he's still saying, I'm going to come back, don't worry. Well, he's got the support of Rennie, the coach, mm. and he's allowing um, Cooper, Quaid, to go and play overseas and come back and pick him at the right times. Look, Quaid has played – he didn't play against England, but the last five games that he's played for Australia, they've won all five when he's directed the boys around the paddock. So he is in the best form, I suppose, mentally of his life. But coming back from Achilles injury, that's not easy. That's going to take a long time. And, you know, the World Cup's only just around the corner next year, so – yeah, can he get fit? Can he get his form? Then they continue to keep his form going. We'll have to wait and see. Mike Tyson, Iron Mike Tyson, he slammed. <laughs> Mike he slammed the streaming service for stealing his life story. And uh, Iron Mike, who, who's had a couple of problems on aircraft recently, has said uh, heads are going to roll here. <laughs> well, I don't know how he can. It's it's a it's a biopic, so it's uh, they're allowed to do a story on anyone without their permission. Mm. But Mike doesn't think that they should be able to steal his his life story and make money from it. Um, 
Mike, here's, here's an idea, mate. Go to a different streaming service and do a full one yourself and bring it out at the same time where you have all interviews with yourself. People will go and watch that, not this one without your blessing. Yeah, give a few. Don't worry about, yeah, give, yeah, don't worry about it, mate. Give a few quotable quotes. That, 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 yeah, that, right. that might lift the, uh, lift the profile of it. Now, uh, yeah. get a little nostalgic at the end here, Shane. We often refer to Oak Flats where you and Brett and the family grew up and played all your sport. Yeah, mate, I just got me thinking, particularly with that uh, Joey's um, school match just happened the other day. I was just sort of remembering back to when I was playing for Oak Flats, and I was fortunate enough to play um, in a team when I was captain of the first 11 in year nine. Mm. Um, we had a really good coach, a guy called Jim Pettit. We had a weird keeper called Andrew Middleton, whose dad was a minister, and we used to get the dad to pray for him before he, before he kept to us because he wasn't a very good keeper. Uh, oh, we had a guy called Sparrow, Sparrow Adam Sirens, who um, when we went after we won the Allens and Davison Shield, we went to Melbourne to play in the Gillette Cup, and Sparrow showed up at the airport for a three-day trip in his whites, and just his cricket bat came out came out on the <laughs> thing. He had no bag or nothing. They were the guys we were playing with. Um, we had a good fast bowler, Michael Atkinson, a really good all-rounder, Graham Smith. Uh, it was a really, really good time. And I remember when we won the Allen Davidson Shield, we had to play the private school boys and we played Cranbrook. Mm. And Jim Pettit, our coach, said to us, just remember this, my man, my man, if you can't get a woman, get a Cranbrook man. <laughs> he said it in a really nice spirit. But, uh, yeah, we bowled them out for about 28 and he bought us a case of beer on the way home. <laughs> I probably shouldn't mention that, being, being a school teacher, but it was just uh, those memories, mate, playing schoolboy stuff are as fresh today as they were when it happened. And... Um, and as important as some of the bigger wins I had. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Now, I, I played rugby league predominantly and played a bit of cricket in the first 11 at mm. school. But uh, on that subject in our intro tomorrow, I'll tell you a rugby league story that was at Leichhardt Oval in front of 25,000 people. Um, I may have told part of it before, but I'll tell the rest tomorrow. Beautiful. And it doesn't end well for me. <laughs> I can't wait. That's it for Afternoon Sport today. Make sure you hit follow or subscribe wherever you listen. A big thank you to our sponsors. Our fantastic sponsors, the Osher Group. Uh, they're having a big event in Sydney, Timmy, uh, September 30. Go to our website. The details will be on there. Find out and come along and, uh, and watch us live, mate. It should be a good event. And, of course, thank you to our wonderful producer, Dan McHugh. We're back tomorrow with your daily dose of sport. We'll see you then, guys. Take care. Building Resilience Podcast. They play in different arenas, but sports and business have massive similarities. Elite athletes and top business leaders flourish through the physical and psychological demands their high-stress careers place on them. The Building Resilience Podcast explores the world of sport and deconstructs the tools and ethos of world-class athletes that can help us create growth and optimize business and life. Come find the Building Resilience Podcast on your favorite podcast app.